Welcome to the Be Free RE podcast, where you learn how to make your job optional. I'm your host, John, who's just getting started on his journey. But in the last year, I moved across the country, bought four apartments, make money as a landlord, no longer pay rent, and I have my first child. I'm joined by your co-host and my guide, Tony Angotti, who in five years quit his job and now manages over 80 units through a combination of house hacks, flips, and partnerships. So with that, let's jump into how you can do less of what you have to do and more of what you want to do. Tony, welcome back to another episode of Be Free RE. What's going on? Same stuff, different day. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, you know. Same, same I just, crap, different toilet. More or less. Um, yeah, I mean, got some exciting things going on. We're buying a new building, so that's good. It's going to be by far the largest project I've ever done. <laughs> um, it's got all knobbies and tubies through the whole the whole building, so it's like all knob and tube. That all needs to be redone. Wow. It's all on central central heat, so we need to separate out all the heat the way that we usually do. Um, a bunch of other stuff. All the interior sewer uh, lines are bad. The exterior ones are all clogged up. We got some brickwork on the outside. Half the units need to be redone. And we're going to do all of this while the tenants live there oh, because no. it's a big building. Uh, well, you say, oh, no, but I just view it as like they're going to leave now, which kind of. <laughs> we're basically the plan is when I buy it, I'm just going to tell all the tenants up front. This is everything that we're doing to the property. You have 60 days before it starts. You can just get out of your lease if you want. And no harm, no foul. If you don't leave, you're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. And then at the end of your lease, your rent is going to go up. So, I mean, leave if you want. <laughs> yeah. Stay if you don't want. I don't know. There's one guy in there, too, who's like total hoarder. We went in, and actually the ceiling below his unit is kind of sagging in because the dude has boxes upon boxes of canned goods. So this guy probably has like wow. I, way more weight in his unit than it is designed for. It's like boxes. It's just stacked to the ceiling of canned goods. Yeah, this reminds me of like the VA has so much uh, paper that they have to buy shipping containers and like move the paper out because it was their building was like starting to sag. <laughs> So, oh man yeah. i didn't know that yeah. that's a mess. yeah it's depressing to think about but wow well that's pretty so how many units is this 12 wow that's pretty exciting though sounds like a big big bite to chew off though um yeah it'll be nice when it's done it'll be good because our closing date will be when we hire our handyman staff person so like mm. we'll be able to make sure that he has work for a while mm -hmm. overseeing this project so that's good it's good timing for that um yeah and then that'll also kind of transition our current property manager employee over to a little bit more bookkeeping which i actually need to talk to your better half about <laughs> yeah so. well she's available 
Uh, Indeed. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think what's going on in our world. Nothing that exciting. That's a shame. We're going to repour our back concrete slab and uh, our daughter's potty training. So, uh, yeah. Basically the same thing. Yeah. Uh, something like same crap, different toilet. So, <laughs> there, you, there go. you go. Brought that one full circle. So, what do we? Uh, what kind of questions do we have on tap for today? So we're gonna do one phone call and one uh, mailbag. So we have Jeremy calling in. He's asking some questions about. He wants to start to automate his process and sort of transfer it over. So, uh, well, I'll let him ask the question. And then uh, the mailbag is about um, a realtor and the property manager. Should they be the same person? So with that, let's jump over to Jeremy, and let's see what he's got. Hello, my name is Jeremy Taggart. I'm calling from Pittsburgh, PA. My question was basically how to outsource not only managing your own properties and also along with the property management and agent side of it for clients as well, basically how to what works and doesn't work as far as outsourcing and getting help with that when you get to a point where you can't, it's too much for you to handle by yourself. So basically just as you scale up what works as far as implementing, getting help from others and and everything. So thanks. Okay. So I'll, I'll probably touch on this because we've, been doing this for a good bit of time now um but we're still not so far into it that i forget all the struggles of it so i still remember everything as far as outsourcing so he mentions kind of business in general so we'll touch on that first so outsourcing to any employee i think the important thing that we learned was making sure that we have processes for everything that that person is doing making sure that like i outsource property management tasks that i was previously doing so while I was doing them, I just documented every step of what I was doing so that I could just hand it to someone and say, here's how I do things. If you find a way to improve it, great, but this will give you a start. And then the other side of that too was there were inevitably things that I didn't document. And what happens when you have employees that, you know, it's a good job, like we treat our person well, but let's say you don't want to pay them as much money, you're going to have more turnover. So the other thing that I had our employee do was I told them everything that you're doing right now, I need you, if you've never done it before, you need to write down step-by-step step exactly how to do it. So that way, if they ever left, the next person could just kind of take a manual that the prior employee had basically generated. Um, so I think that number one, having a process that can be replicated in the first place is the first most important thing. And then after that, um, making sure that everything is kind of being executed and documented that's happening. So that's sort of just generally, he asked about whether you're a real estate agent or an investor or property management or whatever. I think that just having a playbook for that employee is the most important thing. Um, that's, you know, that's the initial of it. Do you have anything as far as hiring somebody to do stuff for you? Mm, no, I uh, I would say I think uh, just to add some context, you basically hired a like hired a property manager almost into your into your firm, right? So it's not you know it's not Correct. like you managed and you said, oh, let's go hire a property manager 
company, you actually brought a person in to do property management within your organization. So I do, th- I, I do think, you know, if you show up to a property management group that's large, they're <laughs> going to have their own systems. And if you say, hey, Correct. here's how I, yes, here's how I do this, they're going to say, that's interesting. That's great. <laughs> this is how we do it. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, we, we self-manage everything, so I don't have a lot of experience here in this context, but, uh, you know, kind of at work where I've started and run businesses, I totally agree with Tony, you know, like part of their job is to actually create the documentation. Uh, the job is to like build the company, not get the job done sort of a thing. So, you know, build the system, don't like move things over the line. Uh, and I think there's a tool called loom where you can essentially like record what's going on in your computer. Uh, more broadly, like recording stuff on your computer, I think is a really light way to uh, document some of that stuff so they don't have to type in like, you know, a 13 step guide and it's like, here's a video, you know, go watch the video, you can pause it, rewatch mm-hmm. it, whatever, you know, rather than say like, click the ribbon in the top left in QuickBooks or whatever. So anyway, that's smart. yeah, that the video stuff is uh, a little more, less miserable for the employee that has to document it. And then, uh, I don't know. I don't really have advice for outsourcing firms. I've just heard the nightmare stories, so you obviously want to avoid that. I'm sure there's some really good questions that you can ask to sort of identify how they do things. But like overall, I would be less focused on their exact cost, like what percentage of their gross rents do they take. Uh, it's going to be in some window. You know, obviously, if they want 50%, they're not your person, but you're not going to get that. That's outrageous. Um, and I'd be much more focused on like, do they help? train tenants to like try and fix the problem themselves you know like the water's not working okay well you know have you tried to actually like does anyone on this you know does anyone else on the street have water right now like did this did the city shut off your water for a little while because they're working on it you know and like somebody who's going to work with your tenants rather than just like be a professional plumber and electrician caller for you so anyway that's my very limited thoughts on that yeah so generally up front what i was saying was if you're just hiring anybody to outsource anything to like if you're bringing them into your particular company you should have a basic playbook for them or you should be hiring somebody that does not require a playbook which in that case they're going to be creating it for you and you're also going to pay that employee more money than you would just somebody off the street Mm -hmm. Um, so that's that now talking directly to investing, like you said, there's two options here. You can either go out to an outside property management company and interview them and ask them all kinds of questions about their operations and stuff. Um, or you can insource it, which is what I've done. So I've brought in my own person. The reason why I did not outsource property management to another company is because I always describe property management as a lose-lose equation Mm -hmm. for both parties. On the property manager side, they are not making very much money to deal with what they have to deal with. So I do a very limited amount of property management for outside customers, for just real estate customers of mine. And I have one situation, for instance, this month, I probably have upwards of 20 hours invested into this just stupid situation. And I make $80 a month 
on that property. Mm-hmm. So like, this is not a very good use of my time. Um, and on the landlord side though, the property owner side, the amount that you pay for someone else to manage it for you is a significant amount of money from your bottom line. So really the only scenario in which this works for a property manager is as at, is at extreme volume. So an outside company has to have a lot of units and they have to have a lot of units that don't request things. So two things here. Number one, they want units that are renovated, that are nice in desirable areas because that requires less effort for them. But at the same time, that stuff's pretty easy to self-manage or whatever. Um, and then they also want a bunch of them. So if you're somebody who has like not a gigantic portfolio, you're never going to be a priority for the property management company just because that, that company might have 800 units. If you only have 10 of those 800 units, you're not, you're not much of a priority. And then by the time you hit a hundred units, now you're paying your property manager a very significant amount of money that if you're local and you can insource that job, if you can hire somebody to do it, your man, your fee to do that is going to be a lot less than what you're paying the property manager. So for me personally, I never saw a scenario in which hiring an outside property manager made sense to me. Like I always thought I have a system that works for me. I just want to bring someone in, teach them my system and have them execute it. And additionally, we hired somebody to do this who had done it before for another company. So we hired someone with experience. I would definitely try to find someone who has experience that's just looking for something different than working for a property management company, mm-hmm. um, whether that's work from home or um, more flexible hours or whatever the situation is that draws them in, um, more pay, whatever. Um it's important that you hire someone with experience because then they can find the gaps in your system. And the, our employee brings up ideas like this is how we did it at my old company. Um, you know, you don't have to do it this way, but just giving you an idea and nine times out of 10, I just say like, I trust you do whatever makes sense. I give our person a lot of leeway to kind of make decisions just because management style i feel like if you trust people with decisions they enjoy their job more and it just creates more confidence we could do a whole show as far as yeah, we could. managing somebody but um but that's the basics and i don't I, that was a lot of rambling <laughs> there were some some points in there but my preference is always to just bring people in to the team rather than outsourcing because I find that the control that I get over that and the dedication from one person to me is a lot more useful and allows me to actually more actively invest because I'm controlling what we're spending money on. Like if something breaks, I can say, try the handyman first, then try the such and such. And it's my decision. There's no go between. But if there's a property management company, even if you are able to kind of say that, it's still going to operate however the property manager wants it to operate. Yeah. 
largely. So, are there other aspects of your business that you've had to outsource and scale? I'm I'm trying to think. You know, I guess there's the bookkeeping. There's probably some of the marketing and like seller contact. You know, oh, so um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. So, so there's always like lawyers, yeah. title companies, um, all that kind of stuff. And then I have business partners. So we. At the stage that we're at, we have one person taking care of property management, mm -hmm. like maintenance, dispatch, leasing, all that kind of stuff. We have a non-employee, just a realtor, that helps us with leasing when our employee is at capacity. So we outsource that um, to a different person who we vetted. They're not like a, they're not a more direct employee, mm -hmm. and then, um, but on everything else right now, the job tasks are split among the partners. So the next step is we're hiring our um, in-house handyman. So that's going to take away all the maintenance dispatch from our property manager. That's gonna free her up to do bookkeeping, which is gonna take bookkeeping off of the plate of our one partner who does it all now. So basically what he's gonna do is he's just gonna review what she has done every month make sure it's good when he prepares the numbers and then we're going to go from there. So really what we're doing with our outsourcing is we're taking tasks away from us that are more repetitive tasks. Mm -hmm. um, and very personally, the reason why I'm building this team is because eventually I just want to go off and hike the Appalachian trail. That's my life thing. So I'm working very hard to build a team and a staff they can operate with me talking to them only once a week. So um, that's why that's why I've been doing things my this way. We will n likely never outsource acquisitions and we will likely never outsource raising capital. And then yeah. from there, my my role is to manage all the staff. So mm -hmm. I essentially do like all the operational pieces. We have one partner who's going to be dedicated. Right now, he does bookkeeping too, but he's going to be dedicated to raising capital. And then our other partner is dedicated to overseeing um, acquisitions. We have kind of outsourced like sending mail before. Like we've used task rabbits and stuff to just lick and stamp envelopes and stuff. Um, but at this point, our one partner prints them out and still sends it eventually we'll have like just a general office assistant that will handle those kind of tasks though so. yeah okay well that's a boy i don't think there's a good way to summarize that but i think that's a very good way no. of thinking about you know kind of the different you know the way you've thought about scaling out your business and how you've um what can i say how you've thought about the areas where to sort of place and shift responsibilities so that you have opportunity for people to grow and uh, I would also just say, like, back when I was pretty involved in a company, we would actually have a rule where someone, everyone had to at least be off for, like, nine business days in a row. And the reason for that was you wanted to make sure that they weren't, like, so critical to the process that they, um, like, they were too key to the process, if that makes sense. So I think that whole, like, aspire to only be available by phone is a is actually a very healthy business goal as well as uh it just sounds nice uh <laughs> so and to me and to me that's the that's the point of doing this right like i eventually want to get to the point where 
I can do what I need to do from anywhere in the world. Like, I don't want to have to be present to make things work. Um, I don't want to just be completely hands off. I think that would be a boring and quite frankly, meaningless existence. But I, I do want to be able to just not have to like day to day, wake up at a particular time or whatever, just have time and location flexibility. And the only way to do that is to outsource a lot of the tasks. So, yeah, I think, um, sort of in that vein, there's sort of like a, a spectrum, I think of like outsourcing and I've, uh, I'm kind of approaching this from the property manager perspective. Cause that's where I've thought about it the most. And, uh, it's like, you know, what is taking up a lot of your time and it's typically some, some human to human interaction or a repetitive task. And that's where like a virtual assistant or something can often be very good. Even if it's just a buffer between you and the other person. Um, so, uh, for example, if your tenant is contacting you and asking you questions about your washer and dryer mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, you can just have that virtual assistant be the person in the middle. And, you know, it can also help diffuse like any of the emotional positivity or negativity. It can make it much more transactional. So, you know, I've heard of people even like paying their mother a hundred dollars a month just, just to like, you know, listen to the voicemails mm-hmm. and let them know what's going on. Right. And they're essentially like a stenographer, but, uh, you know, that, that, yeah. that to me, that's like the lowest level foot in the door is like that kind of virtual assistant person that helps triage communications for you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think you, you, you laid out a very good kind of ladder or staircase, you know, into like abstracting your way into a, a full blown company from, uh, you know, like a one man operation, so to speak. And that's kind of what we've been doing is like, this is all very organic. I think that what it comes down to is like, I heard someone recently on another podcast, I can't remember exactly where they said, essentially do a skills audit of yourself Mm -hmm. and your business. Like what is something that what your first question is, what are the things that I don't do well? If I don't do them well, I should find somebody else that does them well to do them for me. Um, so that's kind of the first step. The second step is like, what are things that I do well, but are just repetitive tasks that anybody can do well if I teach them correctly? That's kind of the next step of outsourcing it. And then the third step is like identifying what only you can do very well for your business. And those eventually are the only tasks that you should still have as the business owner if you're turning it into a business. But that's drifting from a a weird concept that I read. Um, I think his name is Brandon Hall on Bigger Pockets. He's like an accountant guy. And he posted a thing that said, it is impossible to get rich from strictly real estate investing, like to quit your job. There's way faster ways to quit your job from real estate investing. And when when people read that, they're like, oh, my God, but I want financial independence. I want that blah, 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 blah. Basically, what he was saying was that people who generate lots of passive income from real estate in a short period of time aren't really investing in real estate. They're just creating a business Mm -hmm. and their business is rental real estate. And that really struck me because I was like, I feel like I've been doing pretty well with our portfolio, but we're really not just 
passively investing in real estate. We're building it as a business. So real estate's a very powerful wealth generator and everything like that. But if you're going to stay totally hands off, you're going to hire a property manager, you're going to outsource everything, you just don't want to do anything, it's not going to be your fastest way to retiring early. Um, but if you're willing to do some of the dirty work and do the work of building it into a business, then I think it's a great business to be in. So mm. um, interesting to think about it that way. But that's, you know. I think that's an effective way to think about it. Yeah, no, it sounds totally agree. All right, well, boy, I have no idea how to summarize that, but just listen to. Ah, uh, there is no summary. Yeah. <laughs> rewind, rewind, go back uh, 15 minutes. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You can just play it again on half go speed. Go listen to it again. Yeah, or double speed. Okay. Yeah, one of the other. All right, so our next question is coming from ISK through the mailbag, and this person says. My realtor who I close all my deals with wants to get into property management. We're closing on an aplex that he sourced and it's right by his house. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I would run the financials and contract integrations. He wants to be boots on the ground, managing, placing tenants and overseeing unit updating. Uh, you know, what mm -hmm. do you think about this? Do you have any experience using your realtor as a property manager? Okay. Um, so as a realtor, I do this for people. If it's close to me and they're customers, I will manage their building. I have a different approach to this though, because it sounds like this is kind of like a hybrid model where the person still wants to do stuff, but they want the realtor to just do some things. And when I approach property managing for people, because to be honest, property management is not a very large profit center for me. It's probably a drain. Like I waste more time on property management than is profitable for me, yeah. but I do it because it's the cost of doing business. <laughs> quite frankly, I have very low faith in most property managers. There's a couple that I found that are passable if I'm not willing to manage them. But I know that for my customers, I do a better job managing properties than most of the property managers do. For my small portfolio, I mean, I don't think I could do their job managing like 600 units. There's no way um, I would just need to start my own property management, like full-fledged company at that point. Yeah. But on a small scale, just because I care more about the customers and I care more about them being successful, it gives me more investment into their the success of their rental property. So I feel like their properties are better managed than they would be otherwise. Um, so f in that regard, I think hiring your realtor would be a solid decision. However, I approach this differently. I, as a realtor, I tell my customers, I say the only way I am managing your building is if you do things exactly how I tell you to do them. If there is ever a scenario in which you come to me and say, I want, you know, I don't agree with that or whatever. Like, that's fine. I'll discuss it with you. But ultimately, you need to let me have final say on everything or I'm not managing it for them. Like, because it's way too, too many cooks in the kitchen when the person is kind of involved still and it just leads to inefficiencies and just frustrations. And like, if I tell somebody your roof is busted, you can't repair it, you need to replace it. 
I'm not going to be the bad guy that when they do the cheapest possible repair, the tenant's going to keep blowing up my phone every month with, oh, there's a new leak in the, the here this time. Like, that's not how I manage my own portfolio, and that's not how I'm going to manage your property. If you don't like that, then you need to find a different property manager, and that's totally okay. But um, I found something that works for me, and I tell people follow the same model or find a different property manager. It's not like a confrontational thing. It's just a like it's inefficient for me to try to bend to everybody's wishes and do everything how each individual person would do them, versus me just saying, "Look, it, trust me." And that's that's where we are on it. So I think that this hybrid model is just going to lead to frustrations between the two people, um, and I don't I don't foresee that turning out very well. The only way that I think that this would kind of work is if maybe they just pay their property manager per task, like instead of a property management arrangement, say this person's out of state or something and they need like somebody to lease the property. Maybe they say like, Hey, I'll give you a, you know, a one month leasing fee, go lease the property for me. Or, Hey, my contractor finished doing this vacant unit job. Can I pay you $50 to go take pictures of the job so that I can pay him? just pay per task versus like a monthly fee, something like that. Because property management, when the owner is also super on your butt about everything, is like the worst job in the world. Because you have a tenant blowing you up, you have an owner blowing you up, and then you're just in the middle. And it's like, at that point, just want to drop it. Like, I don't even want to be like, yeah, let's keep doing this. Because at that point, it just becomes so much of a frustration for everybody involved that it's not not even worth it. Um, additionally, if you're going to hire your realtor uh, to do stuff like this, I would just say they better know what they're doing because there's a lot of like liability for you that they could be creating if they don't know what they're doing. So your realtor better like have systems and successfully manage their own process or you're better off just paying like I said, either paying per task that you need them to do or just paying a full service property management company and taking yourself out of it. Um, maybe those are kind of like strong, blunt opinions about this, but I just know that if it's like some weird hybrid model like that, it just doesn't work. So, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of agree, actually. Like, uh, like I think property managers try and become realtors, but I don't see a ton of realtors like entering into property management out of uh, like a ton of interest. So that feels like a little bit of a red flag to me. And it sounds like you've done a couple deals with your realtor and they're just getting started in property management. So I would expect them not to have a lot of these systems. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's an Aplex, so it's not huge, but it's also not like, you know, it's not nothing. So, yeah, I don't, you know, the fact that, like, you've worked with this person a long time and you're kind of asking is kind of a, like a little bit of a eyebrow raise to me. Not a red flag, but, you know, I mean, what would change my mind is this person has done some property management, you know, and has experience, like Tony was saying. But, you know, if they're just, if they're just coming in, they're trying to make, like, a little money, uh, doing property management and and you do have this like you're going to run the books still and and I guess work with contractors because I guess you're going to fix up this 
deal you're about to close. Uh, but then they're gonna, yeah, it just it, yeah, I don't know. There's it's too much overlap, I think. Yeah. Like just to, I don't know. The other end of the spectrum exists too. Like, I don't know. I. I won't name names, but like there's a particular property manager that I referred business to. And then they approached my clients about buying, like selling them buildings on a personal level. That kind of annoys me. Right. Because like I'm referring you business. Don't try to take my customers. You know what I mean? But even on like a professional level, I've, I've never really seen them do a very good job suggesting buildings that actually work. Mm. And it's like, that's because their primary business is property management. So it's like just unless somebody does have crossover expertise in some way, like just hire one person to do each thing that they're experts in. Don't like try to make somebody who's been an expert in one thing, then do something that they're only half good at. Like, so it goes both ways. Like, just like you wouldn't have your property manager try to tell you stuff that your realtor should be telling you you probably shouldn't have your realtor be telling you and doing things for you that your property manager should be doing um, just because it's not their expertise unless you vetted this person and know that they do both things effectively um yeah but in, i mean in their and, writing they say they you know my realtor wants to get into property management uh, so it's right. like so they don't they're, have yeah they're green crossover expertise yeah, yeah. Um, I think then it just depends if they have their own properties. Like if they've yeah. been managing properties for themselves, then that might be the caveat that makes it okay. Yeah. And maybe they're just trying to start a property management company also, then that might be acceptable. But if, like you said, if they just are like, Hey, it'd be nice to have this consistent income. I don't really have any experience, but how hard can it be? Then it's like, okay, maybe think, think twice about this. Yeah. Additionally, it, it is nice, I think, for my out-of-state customers when they have, like, two opinions. So sometimes it is nice because when there is somebody with a separate property manager that's trustworthy, they can ask, like, their realtor their opinion and then get their property manager's opinion, and then they can kind of mm-hmm. take both both things and collect them into, a like, a solid answer. Um that's why I only manage and the only reason I property manage in like the areas that I know very well is because I know that I have the property management expertise to manage those well for people in addition to being their realtor. But I would never try to manage properties in like uh, somewhere across the city that I'm not, that I don't have like a network with contractors and stuff. Just bad news. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like both of us are not super excited. I, I agree. What would change my mind is, like, this person hasn't been doing it, like, as a professional, but, you know, does it as, like, a, uh, you know, as also an investor. That would be encouraging, both as their status as a realtor as well as property manager. And then I guess the other thing would be, like, if you kind of want all these tenants to leave anyway <laughs> and you have, like, I don't know, bulletproof legal stuff on your side, you know, there's not as much downside. Like you're just gonna get pissed off tenants that leave anyway. So, uh, I guess True. those would be the two, two situations that would sort of change my mind. So, um, yeah. So I guess to summarize, feels like there's kind of this hybrid delineation of overlap. 
uh, Tony thinks if you can pay them by the task, that might be a good way to dip your toe into the water here. Um, but in general, having two separate opinions is often valuable. Uh, definitely want to see if they have experience slash systems in property management. All right. Well, Tony, that brings us to the most exciting part of every episode, which is something we learned. Do you have anything that you learned? Yeah. This week? So I learned that sometimes it, even though we talk about outsourcing stuff a lot and we talked about outsourcing things today, sometimes it is the best answer just to take stuff into your own hands because I have a tenant currently that had been having an issue with the refrigerator and I trusted someone else to put in the repair request not my assistant she's great someone else um, a contractor that we use for a lot of the maintenance stuff and they kept telling me it was being taken care of kept telling me it was being taken care of now three weeks later person still doesn't have a working refrigerator what and they're admittedly super pissed off yeah which of course i would be too i guess but they don't know this other person so who do they blow up on it's me so i have to sit here and listen to all these things so then eventually just earlier this week i said you know what i'm done we just started reaching out to companies on our own so it's going to take until next uh next week next tuesday so this person's going to be a month without a refrigerator which is like totally yeah Unacce unacceptable yeah. and I take some responsibility for it because I should have just not, I should have taken this action sooner. But if somebody is not performing, you need to just <laughs> not give them more time. So that goes for like anything. And I just eventually, I told, you know, I didn't throw the person under the bus to the tenant, but I was just like, sorry that this happened. I'm working on it personally now. You know, I don't know what to tell you. She's like yelling at me on the phone. And for some reason, every appliance person right now is backed up like three weeks, four weeks. So that's why the person had been having an issue. Why our person we dispatched it through had been having an issue because all these appliance companies are super backed up. Yeah. Um, Another reason why third-party management is annoying, because this is a property I manage for someone else, um, because if it was my property, I would just buy a new refrigerator. Yeah. If appliance repair companies were booked out three weeks, I would just like spend the extra money, buy a new refrigerator, call it a day. Um, but a repair is like $65, and a new refrigerator is like $350, $400. So the owner doesn't want to just pay for a new refrigerator when it could be repaired. So then it's like, yeah. okay. And then for my own portfolio too, another benefit to insourcing, we keep a couple mini fridges in our storage area. Mm -hmm. So if we have situations like this, we just deliver the mini fridge to the tenant to use in the middle of the time. But when we're talking like outsourced property management, I don't really have that flexibility yeah. i mean they're like mini fridges that i bought with my own money like i you know 
if a tenant that's not even my tenant misuses it or does something stupid or doesn't give it back or whatever, it's like, that's kind of annoying to do for something where I'm making like $40 a month. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. So that sounds bad and selfish, I guess, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any property management thing, just company that just keeps mini fridges anyway and delivers them to properties for people. Um, but for our own properties, we do that sort of thing. But in this scenario, like I said, I would probably have just bought a new refrigerator and told them it's going to take three days for the new refrigerator. Here's a mini fridge for three days. Um, Dude, I don't that's know. That's a mess. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And I, yeah. I can also attest the appliance companies are super backed up right now. So it's uh, yeah. it's true. But... But, your tenant and then they they right. obviously don't understand tenants have no clue right. how all this works so when i told them it'll be till tuesday she like freaked out i mean she's like you should you need to have someone here tomorrow and i just i just like reiterated what i had texted her and she's like well i can read and then i was like well i i only picked up the phone because she powered out me like six times and, and i was like and i'm like okay well yes you can read however what i didn't say this but in my head i'm like what did you think you were going to accomplish by calling me i mean i told you everything there was to tell you i don't i don't know I'm, i know that you're mad this is unfortunate i'm mad like i'm mad that i have to be dealing with you right now I shouldn't be in this situation. The person that I trusted to do it should have been able to do it. However, I still take some responsibility for that because it was my fault for trusting them too much to handle it and not taking action myself sooner. But I don't know what to tell you. That's when the contractor is available. Sorry, I don't fix refrigerators or I would come over and fix it for you now. Yeah. There's like an old saying, if you want it done, then go. Otherwise, send. So there you go. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. Like, I always find it funny when tenants kind of blow you up. And like, she's rightfully angry. I don't fault her for being angry. But it's like, if you really want to motivate me to put in extra effort to help you, you probably shouldn't cuss me out on the phone. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, it's actually like a good bit of advice for tenants because there is two ways to go. There's like the honey and the vinegar, but you have to understand like in general, you're so used to vinegar <laughs> that, that it, you know, you're just hardened to it as like a landlord or a property manager, you know, <laughs> and you're, it's like you screaming at me does nothing yeah. other than just make me think that, and not this scenario, because I don't want to use this word for this scenario because they're totally entitled to be in, completely angry the situation's ridiculous like there's no reason they should be in it but when usually you get these angry responses like a day after something happens and it just makes them sound super entitled and super just like not understanding and like i pay you good money for rent you need to have someone here tomorrow and just like not understanding of what goes into it and it's like okay well f off i'm not gonna like bust my butt to try to get this done any sooner than it was already going to get done because i mean you just sat here and screamed at me and called me all kinds of nasty names that doesn't really motivate me to go out of my way to do things any more 
then I'm required to. Yeah. It's yeah. Agreed. Wow. Well, we're about 40 minutes right now. So I'll just say I got a flooring template to install flooring. Super worth it. Highly recommend. Very cheap. Great tool. So there you go. You just dozed that. I love it. Much like very wow. Yeah. Great advice. Thanks, man. I do what I can. Awesome. Um, All right. Well, let's give them the outro. They should call into the show. Um, the numbers in the line. You sound like a late night TV host in your outro. It's great. They're gonna hear it. And um, I put a little bass boost on that. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, it sounds. Uh, you sound like the the hook guy in like a rap song, oh, nice. like deep voice. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So I will choose Alf Wiedersehen today. Okay. Well. And uh, that's 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 that. All right. Catch you next time, everybody. Peace. See ya. Todd Sands. <laughs> That's it for this week's episode. Check us out on Instagram at BeFreeRE, on the web at www.BeFreeRE.com, and give us a call with your name, where you're calling from, and what your question is. 412-212-8366. Catch you next time.